May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. We see as God of hope. What a beautiful adjective. This is one of the most comforting names that our Lord has. Uh, in Psalms, many th- in many places he said, um, lucky is the person whose God is his hope. David uh, be calm, my spirit, because the Lord is your hope. And in another verse it says, Why have you become restless? Why have you lost your peace? Put your hope and trust in the Lord. And Apostle Paul says that I don't want you to be like those who don't have any hope. What is the word that is against hope? It is despondency. And despondency has become a major pain, major problem for all believers. Uh, someone had this dream that Satan had opened a supermarket and he was selling his goods. And uh, he was doing very well and he had many customers. And people were queuing up to buy his goods. They were buying fear. They were buying anger. They were buying pain. And for many other goods they had queued up. And there was one queue that was the longest. And there were many believers queuing in that line. And uh, he became intrigued. What line is this that it is the longest and the goods that is being sold there is the most expensive. And when he approached he could see that in big lettering it was written despondency. In reality it's exactly so. Because 
And the reality is like this. If we don't know God of hope, we will become hopeless in different situations. Montesquieu was a, a famous writer. Montesquieu. People are escaping from uh, unhappiness. But I'm running away from despondency because that is the root of every kind of unhappiness. Many things can be the reasons why we become despondent. If I want to talk to you about them, you'll become even more despondent. It's just enough just to touch on them. And then move on. For example, uh, when the result um, to our prayers, the <coughs> answers have been delayed, we lose hope. Or if we don't get the type of uh, answer we were waiting for, we lose hope. When circumstances that we did not expect them to happen in our life happen, we lose hope. When things start going uh, wrong in our lives or we become defeated, we lose our hope. When we start bringing to mind difficult days and times or difficult people who've left bitterness in us from the past, we lose our hope again. When we look towards the future and some things are not going to be as bright as we would want them to be, we lose hope. When we don't have a dream or a purpose in our life and our life seems fruitless, we become despondent. When we start comparing our lives to others and see that they're shining more than we are, we become despondent. This person has one more bedroom than I have. His car is a later model and a more expensive one than mine. My friend got married and I'm still single. My friend was successful in getting a divorce and I'm still married. <laughs> so and so died and I'm still struggling on a life in life. And so on and so forth. All these things don't allow us to find out what God's plans are for our lives. And continuously watching other people's lives will become despondent with our own lives. Instead of looking at the Lord, we're looking at other people. Without realizing what the purpose of God's plan is in our lives, we're occupying our minds with other plan, people's plans.
Sometimes loneliness gives us despondency. And sometimes we find ourselves in a situation that we don't know what is the way out. Everywhere seems to be blocked, we become despondent. And so many other reasons. Don't think that you are the only ones who feel like that. Many big people in the Lord have become despondent. Many giants of the Lord have passed through these periods of despondency. Even politicians. Uh, Churchill, who was a prime minister of this country, uh, he was very well loved during the Second World War. He was suffering from despondency. And in his memoirs, he refers to them as black dogs that they were continuously attacking him. And at times like this, I used to think, is it not better that if I throw myself under the train and get relief? So don't lose hope if you feel despondent. Because very famous people have felt the same even men of God have passed through this Don't look at the evangelists that you see on God channel on satellite television that you know they're always victorious and smiling. They have their dark periods as well. This is their image for television, but the reality can be very different. But what is the answer? What must we do? Yes, I'm What I want to tell you is that in the worst circumstances, God of hope is there for us. In the most uh, and the darkest of circumstances, God of hope has revealed himself. So therefore, the same can take place in our lives also. For example, from human point of view, when we consider ourselves very weak and very poor, and we have no hope in ourselves. This is when we have to realize that God is our hope. The same thing took place in the life of Abraham and Sarah. Uh, when they had no hope at all, they believed in hope itself. Uh, Abraham did not look at his old and dying body or that of his wife. 
God reveals his power in the worst circumstances in the weakest point in someone's life. And when we reach such a point when all the doors are closed in our face and we consider ourselves totally weak don't forget that this is when the God of hope comes and touches him. When we find ourselves spiritually very low down. And even we feel that we've lost all our faith. And doubts are coming into our minds. And this is the question that starts pressurizing us. Have I got salvation truly? Am I a child of God? Or am I kidding myself? Is it a reality that I have eternal life? Maybe these things are not realities. When we truly hit rock bottom, God of hope comes to our rescue. And time and time again we've seen this in the word of God. We're going to read a verse from Ezra, chapter 10, verse 2, in the worst circumstances that people of Israel find themselves in, they had broken all God's laws, they had married unbelievers, Uh, evil things had entered in their lives. Uh, They were worshipping false gods. And Ezra was in a terrible turmoil. He was pulling out his beard. He was wearing a coarse... He was fasting. He was feeling very despondent and wretched in a corner. He was bewildered. He didn't know what way to go. But a man of God approached him. Not a well-known person. This is what he told Ezra. We have been unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women from the peoples around us. But in spite of this, there is still hope for Israel. Even though the circumstances were very severe, uh, we are in turmoil. We have broken his commandments. But even in this situation, there is still hope for us. What a word of comfort this is. And he told Ezra, stand up. And God will show you what you have to do. Go home and read the story for yourselves and you'll see what God did. Uh, Let's uh, study Ezekiel uh, Ezekiel 37. 
God shows um, a wilderness to Ezekiel. And uh, in this arid land there were dried bones. There was no one and no spirit there. Bones were scattered in the desert everywhere. Rotten bones. And he said, man of God, is it possible for these bones to take body and stand up? Ezekiel answers, Lord, you know, I don't. What did the Lord tell him? These bones represent the people of Israel. Who are saying that we have no hope, we have lost our hope. We have reached the end of our lives. We have been destroyed. But you tell them, dry and rotten bones, spirit will come upon you, you will have a body upon yourself, and you will become the army of God, all-powerful. Yes, for the worst circumstances, God has hope for us. We see many examples in the word of God. Peter, who denied the Lord three times, he had hope that he can return and stand again. Onesimus, who was a thief and who was a slave, there was hope for him that he can rise again. In Corinthians, the man who was evil and they threw him out of the church and sent him to the dogs, there was hope for him also. But when he repented, when he became broken in the Lord, there was hope for him that God would accept him and lift him up. The thief who was cru- crucified on the cross in his last moment of life, there was hope for him. Uh, Jesus Christ said, that what the Lord has given to me, the Father has given to me, comes to me, and whomsoever that comes to me, I don't send them away empty-handed. For every difficult situation, for every attack, for every bondage, for every need, for every sickness, for every blocked situation, for every unsolvable situation, for in the most severe circumstances, for the worst turmoils, there is hope. The Lord has an answer for every one of them. And I love the God of hope. We see in the Bible, when they encounter bad illnesses, when no healing is available, God of hope has entered that situation. Uh, I have analyzed and studied the illnesses in the Bible that have been uh, prolonged. 
And the Bible specifically said how long they were prolonged for. To show to us if your illness is taking a long time and you have not yet had healing, put your hope in the Lord. Remember the lady who was bleeding for 12 years. After 12 years, when she had given up all hope, when she touched the cloak of Jesus, she got healed and the bleeding stopped. Remember the lady in the Bible who was bent over for 18 years. Her back had become dried up. She had no hope that she ever will be able to straighten up. But after 18 years, Jesus told her, stand up straight. And she stood up. Finished her problem was over. The stiff and dried up bones after 18 years they got going. Even a bigger example than this. Someone who was sick for 38 years. It's a long time. Not 12, not 18, 38. This wretched person and 38 times he had tried his luck to enter the pool which supposedly the angel shook the waters once a year the first who managed to jump him would get healed but not the second very limited healing angels are not capable of more than that but for the Son of God, all things are possible. Jesus realized that he'd been sick for a very long time. And he has no one to throw him first in the water. Just at the right moment, we went to him. He is God of hope. He realizes how long people have been suffering for a particular thing. And when everybody has said there is no hope, there it will not be. He has a positive answer for us. Do you want to be healed? I have no one to help. To help me in the waters. How can there be any hope for me? Jesus answers, now you have someone. Stand up, get your mat and walk. God of hope in the darkest of circumstances comes to our rescue. When we are faced with the impossible things, and we think that these will never become possibilities, what is the answer from God of hope? Remember, what did he say about Lazarus who'd been dead four days? They had lost their hope. 
But he said, if you believe in me, you will see the glory of God. And when he said, remove the stone, what did Mary and Martha reply? Uh, his uh, body is decomposing. There is no hope. He said, did I not tell you if you believe you will see the glory of God? This is the word of the God of hope. If the impossible is the uh, objection, obstacle, if you believe, it will become a possibility. We believe, unfortunately, the God of impossible. We realize that in England this is not very strong. Maybe the Americans have a more uh, an easier fate and more miracles happen amongst them. Maybe the English people are more intellectual and maybe they are not so much interested in miracles. But brothers and sisters, we can have intellect and knowledge, but we can also have faith. Knowledge and intellect should not intervene and we lose our faith because of it. Why is it that God does such huge miracles in Iran, in China, in Africa, and not amongst us? If we return and have that simple childlike faith, the God of the impossible will become God of the possible. If we are in captivity to Satan, and uh, different evils are surrounding us, God of hope has an answer even for that. Because there are many people we see in the Bible who had evil spirits and God healed them. And many times we saw that the uh, evils were escaping from them, going, out, going out of them. Uh, not only Jesus, but his disciples were doing the same. And the same responsibility God has given us that in his name we can do the same. But sometimes we find it very difficult. Yeah. Uh, brother Lazarus was telling this story to Brother Edward. This took place in Armenia. They were praying for somebody who was possessed by evil spirits. We really tormented ourselves. We were pouring out sweat. We were shouting and screaming. Two hours. But the evil spirits were not leaving this man. <laughs> we were telling him, get out, he's saying, you get lost yourself. We'd lost hope. No, this, this is no good at all. And we were ashamed, actually, that we had many episodes but they told us there is a man here who gets rid of evil spirits. 
Short, little short man. Yes, he walked like that. What is the problem? What's all this noise about? He is possessed by evil spirits and they won't leave him. So this isn't something difficult. Very calmly. Out, out, in the name of Jesus, just out, get out. So calmly he said it. And peacefully. But in power. <laughs> As if he was shooing flies away. And the man was delivered. Truly delivered. And we saw that everything changed in him. So they asked him, what is your secret? How do you do this? He said, you've given too much importance to Satan. Yes, you've given him too much glory. This is why you're not getting results. I believe that we have authority over him. This is why I don't torment myself so much. You want to do it in your power, that's why he's not departing. But I trust the Lord and the power of the Lord and they depart. Therefore, in our service that we give, we can deliver people from evil spirits. Uh, Brother Malcolm was preaching this morning that we have to seek the presence of the Lord. And uh, a couple who had recently repented, I told them this story. I don't know if I've told you this story or not. Uh, when uh, the couple uh, replied that even though we have uh, confessed and uh, we have accepted the Lord, but our reaction has not been completely right. We have come to church to have our needs supplied. We haven't really come to meet with the Lord. Because they've told us that if you're sad people, you don't have hope, you don't have answers, go to this church and you'll feel a bit better. And we come to church for that. I told them that that is not the right reason. You made a big mistake. You have to love the Lord and believe in him for himself. When you commit yourselves fully to him, other problems will resolve themselves. But what I told them is this. Uh, in Iran, they brought somebody to me who wanted to commit suicide. I have his writings. I have kept them. Two letters he'd written, suicide letters. He'd written one for the courtroom and one for his family. Seriously, he had decided to go to the forest and hang himself. And uh, fortunately, at that time, one of our elders had decided to have a time of prayer in the forest. When he sees this man, he 
brings him down from the branch. And the man starts arguing, it's none of your business, I want to hang myself, what's it to you? He said, one time, I'll take you to one place. If you don't find your answer, they come back and kill you. He brings them, brings him to Brother Edward. Without Brother Edward. Yeah. Suddenly I see this man is coming to my house that he's like living death. White in color. Eyes popping out. Shaking everywhere. <laughs> Who is this person you brought him to my house? What happened? He wanted to kill himself. And this is the rope he wanted to hang himself with. What is your problem? I have three difficulties I don't want to live. Uh-huh. Uh, I have an illness that I have convulsion. And the doctors can't heal me. Sometimes it happens to me in the middle of the road. Whatever happens, I'm not uh, healed from it. The second is my wife wants to get a divorce from me. And she has taken my little daughter and she's gone to live with her parents. Because of my illness, he can't put up with me. She can't put up with me anymore. And she seriously decided to get a divorce. Mm-hmm. And the third is that this man, he had a metal business, metal works. And the uh, business had caught fire. Why should I live? For what? This is the state of my head. That is the state of my family and my job. What have I got to live for? Let me kill myself and be relieved. Now this man has told me I'm going to take you somewhere where there is food. What can you give me? I told him that you don't have three problems, you have four problems. I'll tell you what the fourth one is. Whatever is that one? The fourth one is that you live without God. You have no connection with God. Because of your this unbelief, this problem Therefore now I have four problems from four sides. Why should I want to live? I started talking to him about the Lord. Allow the Lord to enter your life. But the Lord led me to ask him this question. Sir, before we start praying, I'm going to tell you that Jesus is not going to heal you. Your wife won't return to you, she will divorce you. The situation in your business and shop will not improve, in fact it will get worse. Do you want to repent or not? 
The elder who had brought him started arguing with him. Excuse me, wait a minute, Brother Edward. Two hours on the way, I've told him that Jesus will heal you, Jesus will do this, will do that. What are you telling him now? Now he'll definitely go and kill himself. Excuse me, don't interfere. Let him answer. And I was waiting for his reply. Suddenly I saw that he knelt down. The things that you told me, my health, my wife, my business belongs to this world. If I get them today, I might lose them tomorrow. I want him because he is eternal. What a good reply. The Holy Spirit must have revealed that to me. When I realized that he put his foundation on the Lord, on the rock, we started praying for him. First of all, we prayed for his problem number four. And he got deliverance. He was saved. And then we started praying for the other three problems. From that day on, he was never, he'd never had convulsion again. He was totally healed. His wife returned. They had two more children. The wife's family repented. And his business flourished to such an extent that we started praying that reduced the amount of his work that he can come to church regularly. When people have no hope, has it happened to you believers sometimes you don't want to live? And ask the Lord, give me death. I've had enough. I've had enough of life. If you tell me that this has never entered your head, I will not believe Because it has happened to me. If I am your shepherd and your pastor, it has happened to me, I am sure it's happened to you. You are not better than uh, the prophet Elijah. He was sitting under a tree and he said, God, take my life, I've had enough. I've had enough, I'm tired. I don't want to live. When we reach rock bottom, God of hope visits us. When every single door is closed, when our brain cannot function any longer, and we don't know which way to turn, God of hope has a way out for us. When we have reached the end of our road, it is the beginning for God of hope.
we all have them. No one is exempt from them. Maybe if you don't have today, you will have tomorrow. Yes. The carousel is turning. Maybe you're at the top, tomorrow you will be bottom and I will be Life is like that, it's a cycle. Why are you surprised? Jesus told us that in this life you will have problems. If you have family issues. God of hope is the God of your family also. If you have financial difficulties, he can be God of your finances as well. He knows what your need is. And he will appear in accordance to your needs. Uh, a Catholic priest was visiting an orphanage. He was a believer, of course. Thousands of um, orphans were there. Dear priest, we have no bread, no money to feed the children and their hunger. What have you? Two pounds we have. Give me that. Took the two pounds, Now you have, you don't even have two pounds. You have nothing. So therefore you totally to commit yourselves to the Lord. Take refuge in him. Put your trust in him. When they believed and trusted the Lord, <laughs> God touched the heart of a wealthy person. Go and take this check to this particular office. God of hope. Hallelujah. God of hope. Amen. God of hope. Say he will meet all our needs with, from his riches. At the end, I want to pray for all of you. Don't be surprised with my prayer. I want to do this prayer. I want to pray that whatever you touch will become negative. Hear me until the end and I'm sure you will join me in Amen. I want to pray that all, our pl all your plans and uh, desires will be fruitless. I want to pray that wherever you bring your endeavors, you get no results. Anything that with your finite mind you are planning and you are following, that you get no answers. I want to 
And I want to pray that when you go to different people for advice that nobody gives you a solution. And I want to pray that all your fasting and all your prayers go without answer. Don't stone me. One thing I want to live If your hope is on the things I mentioned, I hope you will never get that. But when you wash your hands away from these things and put your hope totally in the Lord only, you will not be ashamed with the Lord. He who hopes in the Lord will never be ashamed. When you rely on your understanding, when you rely on your past experiences, when you rely on your spirituality, on your fasting and on your prayer, on your intellect, your ability, your power, when you rely on your finances or when you, when you rely on the servants of God there is no hope from anyone they are all futile but they are not the source of our hope Lucky is the person whose hope is in the Lord. Blessed is the man whose hope is in the Lord. But know this. Cursed is the man whose hope is in man. And on manly things. Fasting and prayer is not my hope. I pray and I fast in order to put my hope in the Lord, not upon myself. I'm not saying that. Here I am. It's the 15th day of my fasting. Can you see my spirituality? Five hours I've been praying on my knees alone. They are not my hope. They are means. And we kid ourselves by this. Instead of putting our hope in the root of our faith, we put our hope in such things. Do you want to commit your hope to the Lord for every situation that you have? Do you want to have deliverance today? I have some things that I don't have hope for in my life. And I'm fighting against them. If I'm not struggling to overcome them, they will have dominion over me. I want you to stand up and put our hope in the Lord for every one of your issues. Personal, family, church, financial, evil spirits, sickness, physical problems anything else that's happening around you that particularly spiritual emotional difficulties anything that you haven't had an answer to the prayers that have been unanswered 
the things that have issues that have become for every one of them put your hope in the lord he knows what he's going to do let us confess with our tongues that lord you are our hope let us all pray together you are our answer you are our way you are our hope we accept this Lord we are grateful to you we are grateful to you Lord my heavenly savior in the name of Jesus we want to pray for hopelessness in the areas when you feel you have no hope where through Satan hopelessness and despondency has dominion in your life in the name of Jesus we want to order it out of our lives like David to say why are you downcast, downcast within me my spirit why are you bewildered and anxious my spirit trust in the Lord he is the rock of your salvation be silent in the Lord because all my hope is in him every kind of despondency take away from your anything that's become an obstacle in us taking refuge in you send it away from us we order you out of our lives you have no room in our lives you have no dominion over us we don't accept the gifts of Satan in the name of Jesus Christ we put out the burning arrows of Satan we pull down his strongholds in the name of Jesus we shut the doors against this you are under my feet I will not allow you to have dominion over me. I will keep my hope in the Lord. I will take refuge in Him. I will lean on the Lord. He is my rock. And I know that I won't waver. In His mighty name. Let us sing this famous well-known song.
Yeah.